Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Ashley Connell, and she is the CEO and founder of Prowess Project. Ashley, I'm going to let you explain exactly who you serve, because that's it's such an awesome concept, but I know you, you're going to do better than I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been very, very excited about this. We got to know each other through the remote working mama group that Jennifer, yes. Witt, Jenny Witt. Um, so I interviewed her last year. I can't remember which episode it was. Um, was it last year already or maybe just a few months ago? Um, so she's out there from the remote working mama group. And that's how we connected. So I've seen you posting a little bit about what you do. Go ahead and talk sure. about your audience and who uh, you really you have two facets to your business. Go ahead and talk about both of them. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to solve at the time, this was three years ago when I started Prowess Project, my future problem of how I was going to have kids in a career. I had been spending um, 15 years blood, sweat and tears in my tech marketing career. I moved across the globe for it. Absolutely loved it. Looked up and all of the leaders in the companies that I was working for were all men. And if there was a woman, she didn't have children. And I, and I asked and she just said, Hey, look, I, I couldn't make both work. Mm-hmm. And that scared me. So I jumped online, found the horrific Harvard business review statistic that if a woman is out of the workforce for just three years, she loses 37% of her compensation power forever. And then that happens to 43% of women. And the kicker, the kicker is 97% of them would return if they had access to flexible a la remote jobs. And so that was the big light bulb moment for Prowess Project. What we are is an online platform where we help caregivers return to work, pivot in their career, find flexible remote jobs through upskilling, networking. And as they're going through that, we're gathering hundreds of data points and we use that to create a profile and get them access to jobs. So an employer comes to us and says, hey, I'm looking for a project manager. We do a deep dive on what they're looking for, the culture of their company, put that data into our matching system and send them the top three candidates, each with a compatibility score. So these are all caregivers looking for remote, remote work. So instead of swiping left or right, yeah, it's yeah. like a matching process. Um, yes. Uh, and the cool thing about it is that the companies that are coming to you already know that your 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 people are going to be people that have a gap. And so they're not going to be put off by that or um, worried about this huge gap because they know that that's, how do you, how do you overcome that fear of the gap? Absolutely. Well, first, um, not all of them have gaps. We Mm -hmm. started with returners, but what we found is there is a huge population, probably a lot of people who are listening now, men and women who just want something more flexible or just want to go into freelancing and don't know how, or just want something that is remote and don't know how. And so, because they want more time with their family. Mm -hmm. So that is actually who our audience is. But to answer your question on how you talk about the gap, first and foremost, I think that you're just super honest about, Hey, this is what I was doing. And there is a ton of data out there that shows if, that working parents are actually more empathetic. And then the more empathetic leaders have better retention. There, and 
I'm, I'm a data fiend. So you're probably like, oh gosh, stop it. You sound like a nerd. I love it. But, oh, good, good, good. We're in good company. Um, there's a stat out there that 89% of working Americans prefer a working parent as a manager because they're more empathetic, have better communication skills, right. better negotiation, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just trying to serve them. Well, and I feel like that has kind of come to a head in the last couple of years, um, you know, with everyone, even the CEOs and, you know, higher up managers and things all being forced to work from home and juggle their home and life, you know, stuff. Um, I hope, I hope that that empathy sticks. Um, I have a friend who is a manager and she's so thankful that her boss is also a parent um, because when stuff comes up, you know, her kid ran into a car at the park school parking lot the other day, you know, like they get it, they understand and they're flexible. Um, Absolutely. So, and then there's a population of people like me. I worked in a job that I got out of college that never really quite suited me, but I wanted the, um, at the time I wanted the money and the benefits. And then later when I got married and had kids, I wanted those benefits and the flexibility to move from uh, state to state to state. So we moved like five times. I never really pushed myself to rise up in that company. I worked for Mayo Clinic. So um, the health Mm, you know, industry, um, because I was just doing my best to, you know, get my hours in and then be mom, you know, I was working third shift so that I could still, you know, be around my kids. And so I felt like, even though I didn't really ever stop working entirely, I definitely didn't um, meet my full potential during those years. Sure. Sure. Because I was trying to do two things at the same time. I completely... My yep. youngest one is in, kin- it was supposed to be kindergarten, right? But then she went to kindergarten online. Uh, yes. She YouTubed and worksheeted right. her way through right. kindergarten. Um, right. So now that she's in first grade, <laughs> I feel like, right. you know what? I, I, I mean, I have several things that I have my hands in that are flexible that I've kind of built um, as a patchwork quilt of things that I can do that I enjoy. Um, but I do feel like I'm marketable now, but that gap, you know, is still there. You the gap in, in achievement, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Sure, sure. I think the best way of going about that, like I said before, is really thinking about your transferable skills that you have, thinking about all the empathy and the emotional intelligence skills you have, and also getting an advocate in the company is really, really key. Right. So do you want to talk a little bit about your journey? You sure. are working full-time and then yep. now you're working from home for yourself. What was that transition yep. like for you? What did you learn during that time? So I, I was working full-time um, for a tech company remotely. And so I did that for two years, then started my first business, which was a marketing consultancy with two other people. We made all the mistakes in the book that you can make at a company, which in hindsight, I'm so grateful for because I learned a ton. Um, and then it was crazy because one of the, the big mistakes we had was don't have a whale um, client. So one big, big client, all that's all of your revenue. Basket. Exactly. Um, and we did, they had to let us go because of budget reasons. And that evening I had the idea of prowess project. So it all was so serendipitous. Well, that word is hard, um, but but it, that that was the journey. And then I 
I became so obsessed with this problem of how was I going to have a career and also have children. And so that really is how Prowess Projects was born. So you started Prowess before you had kids. Correct. So you basically gave yourself a job. Yes, I, yes, um, exactly. And I always called myself like a parent or mom ally. Um, and then now I have a nine month old little girl, Lottie. She is Aww. fantastic. Yeah. And so now I'm, ev- I'm doubling down on it now. Like this is even more important that she won't have to grow up in a world where she has to choose between you know, spending time with her family and a career. And I want to offer more jobs that are remote, that are flexible, that are part-time, that are freelancing for people. And we have a really streamlined process to deliver it. Tell me a little bit about the the people that you partner with, the companies, um, the business mm-hmm. people. I don't know if it's a lot of individual, like entrepreneurial type, or if it's big corporations. How Good do question. you convince them that they want to hire someone that hasn't been working in the last few years? Yeah. So it's very interesting. It's to begin, it was a lot of companies that were about 50 employees and below. It has thus changed significantly. I think we have a couple, a couple of them that are thousands. Um, But what is so interesting is employers come to us for one of two reasons. The first is they love that we are so data-driven. We, they love that we are going to cut their recruiting time in half, or if not more, because of all the data and because of our talent pool and because of all of the culture ad compatibility that we are focused on. So that's the first reason. Uh, this, the second reason is they oftentimes have worked with a caregiver who was maybe part-time or had had a gap. And they're like, oh my gosh, that is the hardest working person I have ever met, the most efficient working person, because they have X number of hours and can't and can't mess around during that time. And that's what has been so fascinating from all of these caregivers that I've spoken to is they're incredibly efficient. So those are the two main reasons why they're coming to us. It's not a lot of um, convincing. They automatically see the value in how critical that our talent can be to the success of their companies. I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with what's happened in the last couple of years with work from home. Uh, the, the, the idea that many corporations have is that people that work from home are going to be lazy or they're going to be no, sloughing right. off. You know, they think this, yes. but then when they actually see it, you know, there are people that, you know, will maybe meet the stereotype. Sure. <laughs> but then sure. there's the rest of them that are like, no, I have to work harder to prove, you know, that I'm, you know, busy and, you know, keep me, you know, that this is working, you know, and people go above and beyond to meet that, you know, expectation. Right. And so I wonder if the same thing is happening here, that people that are empathetic, hire people that are empathetic because they they know that they're going to be, you know, amazing employees. That's a really good point. And I think you're right. We, we do get a significant amount of employers who are parents, um, who come to us. So I think you are exactly right about that. Uh, what else do you find out uh, as you're talking to these people? Are you are you recruiting companies to work with you or do they usually come to you? 
It's a bit of both. You, as a business owner, you always want to have inbound and outbound um, demand, right? right? But we see as of now, it's been a lot of word of mouth that has been bringing in employers. Um, but again, there is this, right now we're going into a, or we are in a recession. And so what we're seeing is employers coming to us who want fractional talent, who want part-time, who want to be connected with more freelancers than full-time. Now, do we have companies coming to us for full-time too? Yes, Um, but that has been a bit of a silver lining for a lot of these caregivers who need more flexible work is right now they're coming to us for fractional talent. So does that mean that everyone is like a 10 to 9 contractor? Not everyone, no. So we give the options on the employer side if they want to hire 1099 or W-2. And then that's another thing, another part of what we match on, right? That's a part of our technology is what does the talent want? Like how important are the full benefit stack to them, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of, like I was saying before, a lot of upskilling and quizzes and assessments to help us gather that data and put that all into a profile so that we have that forever. And when in a potential role comes about, we can automatically ping those people who are the matches, the top five matches, and, um, and ask if they're interested. So I need to introduce you to one of my other guests, Molly Rose Speed, who does the virtual assistant stuff. And yeah. she um, has a lot of the same stuff, but it seems like your workers, I don't know if I should call them independent contractors or employees, or what do you call your, your... we call them job seekers. Okay. <laughs> so I wonder if your job seekers are similar, how are they similar or different from people that want to do straight up virtual assistant work? So we aren't just focused on virtual assistant work. We have um, these, our audience is typically, or our job seekers typically have 10 plus years of experience, one to two degrees. So they've been manager, possibly even director level Mm -hmm. and are wanting consulting work, freelancing work, or um, a career pivot. So they may be, they may be a specialist in marketing. They may be a specialist in operations. They may be a fractional COO. It really runs the gamut. Wow. Um, but if it's fractional, that usually means no benefits with these jobs then? So we're seeing more and more jobs are giving benefits for part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the vast majority, correct, that that is not, vast majority, if they want fractional, there are not benefits. However, we try and help our job seekers as much as possible and give a list of benefits that they can go and and seek out themselves. Oh, okay. So like on the marketplace or something like that? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But there's lots of others that are popping up, which I'm really happy to see. Yeah, that is good. I, when I worked for Mayo Clinic, I was part-time, but it was considered full-time because it was like 0.75. Right. Do you see that sort of thing happening? I do. However, because we've had a lot of smaller companies come to us, well, I guess 7.5, 
the way that they speak to it, it is more of, I need someone 30 hours a week and that's part-time for me. I might've been 0.8. I can't remember now. Seven point. Yeah. It was like 34 so, hours a week, I think. Right. So, so typically if it's 30 hours or above, they will hire them at W2 with the, with the benefits. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the structure of your business. Um, mm -hmm. It looks as though you have, I, I was checking out your website. Um, Love it. So you can either go through some trainings to upskill or yep. you can just start applying. How does that work? Yep. Do you have to pay to do any of these things? Good question. So our goal is to make it as easy and stress-free on the job seeker as possible while getting as much information that's going to help them on their career journey. So what we've realized in the past three and a half years is different people are at different levels of their um, career journey, career pivot, return to work, change, what have you. Mm -hmm. And so we have different levels. You can, for absolutely free, take a 20-minute assessment and join our job pool straight up. Then that's free. Also free, you can do a little bit, you can flesh out a full profile that takes about an hour. Also free. That gives us more data. You're more likely to get matched because, again, better data, better matches. Mm -hmm. And then let's say you've been out or let's say you are doing a career pivot or transitioning to freelance and you do need help we have options for upskilling and coaching that is an extra cost. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had some fantastic people make an investment in themselves to do freelancing and they're just soaring. So um, it's amazing how many times I see a, or I hear this story where a woman will be working at, let's say company A as a full-time employee, employee, then quit become a consultant for company A and actually make more money with less hours. I know. I know. And then she gets the, the flexibility. That's I hear the story all the time, all the time. Is it because they're taxed differently that they're offered different compensation package? Well, it's, it's a lot of negotiation, but yes, um, the company is not paying taxes on them. And this is this, uh, I am not an accountant. I do Same. not know tax Don't, law. No tax advice here. Yeah, zero, <laughs> zero. Um, however, what we see is yes, the um, the the employer can pay them at a higher hour, hourly rate, and then it actually helps the the job seeker because they're like, well, I'm probably going to get this done in three hours anyway, versus the eight hours, and now I have more flexibility. Right. So they're not a butt in the seat. Exactly. Huh. It, which is amazing for remote work because you you don't have to drive anywhere. So you're at home and within your three hours, once you're done, you go hang out with your family. You go do your hobbies. You go, you go take care of parents. We're hearing a lot about the sandwich generation now where it's caregivers, obviously for children, but also for parents too or caregiving for parents. And so that's where we're seeing this really flourish. Are you finding a wide range of ages applying? Yes, which I'm loving, 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 loving. I would say the majority, because we see such a high amount of experience is 
30 to 55. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would say. And if you're over 55, do you have oh. any recommendations? I think that's where focusing on being a consultant is really important. You probably don't even realize how much knowledge you have and wisdom that you have to give to companies. And so that's part of our upskilling is we really help you zero in on what's called your zone of genius. So where your passion meets your innate skill or innate talent and figure out what your offer is, what are you offering companies, where your value is, how you're going to do that so that you can say to a a prospective client, this is what success looks like for you. And this is how I'm going to deliver it because, oh, wait, I've done it for so long, so many years or so many clients or so many people. What about the people under 30? Any challenges that are easy to overcome? I The challenges that we see for under 30 aren't really challenges at all. Um, it's just a different way of looking at it. Oftentimes under 30, you're still, well, I'm thinking of younger 20s. You're still looking for experience. You're still looking to create your res, uh, uh, your portfolio, your resume, your LinkedIn, your, your um, profile, all of that. So we see that they are eager to take um, more, what type of roles do I, would I describe them? Um, more operational versus manager, which makes sense. I mean, there's execution there. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, do you find many people and um, trying to enter the workforce directly into the remote work now coming straight out of college? Cause that's not really a thing that was happening when I was 22. So because that's not our key audience, I can't speak to that as much as I would like. Right. What I, I'm, what I'm seeing though, for that cohort is they're excited about hybrid. Mm-hmm. The idea of flexibility, but if I want to be social, I can go in one day a week. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing is their preference. Now, are any of your jobs um, that you're matching people with going to be hybrid or are they all 100% yes. remote? No. So the vast majority are 100% remote. We do have some hybrid uh, jobs as well. So that means that they would have to apply for something local. Correct. More or less. Correct. Uh, so where do you live? I'm in Austin, Texas. And did you come there by choice or is that where you decided to start your family or? Good question. I um, moved all around as a kid, all around the Southeast. Then we settled down in, or my family settled down in Dallas. I came down to Austin to go to college at University of Texas, go Longhorns. And um, I stayed ever since with a two-year hiatus, like I said, moved across the globe for work in London, and I absolutely loved it. So, but then moved right back to Austin and have been in the um, Austin area ever since. Are you attracting digital nomads? Yes, a lot. And again, loving it because I have such a passion for travel. I'm loving seeing 
a lot of digital nomads as well. So again, if we're looking at our population, it's a lot of digital nomads, it's a lot of um, caregivers, and it's a lot of military spouses. Mm-hmm. Right. And ooh, I know we can't offer tax advice here, but no. are you helping people um, navigate the whole taxes outside of the country stuff or is that on the employer and their Great HR? Question. <laughs> Great question. Great question. We are not as of yet. We focus mainly in the U.S. meaning you have to be eligible to work in the U.S. That's where we're focusing today. Now, wherever you are in the world, that's up for your you to figure out your taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, Someday, yes, we will have resources to help. And of course, if they need something, we're going to do our best. So a mailing address, a permanent address, and the ability to work in the U.S., but between you and your employer, you can work out the rest. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Like we're not going to help offer a visa, like Mm -hmm. a visa to work in the U S that would have to be through the employer. Prowess is essentially upskilling. So like training, um, like I said, coaching and access to these jobs. So the connection to these Mm -hmm. jobs, not necessarily, um, all of the legal and tax around all of that. Now, are there partners and resources you can find? Yes, absolutely. How about, are you helping people prepare for interviews, like remote interviews or working on the resumes and revamping them after all that time? You have a whole team that does that or? Yes. So we have different courses that help with that. We have a ton of content that that helps with that. Um, And then of course, like I was saying, we do, we do coaching and free masterclasses that really work through some of those issues that we see our audience typically have with resumes, uh, portfolios, LinkedIn, et cetera. You want to touch on some of the big ones? Touch on some of the big, the big problems that they have. I think a lot of it is figuring out what they want to go do next. That has been, I think, the biggest challenge. And, and because they're not sure exactly what to go do next, because again, we're talking about career pivoters, returners, um, nomads, what have you, they don't have the confidence in their job search. Yeah. And so what we spend a ton of time on is, again, I'm going to use the term again, but zeroing in on their zone of genius, whatever they can do that doesn't even feel like work where they're just in the flow. We do a ton of content and events to focus on that. And then how do you monetize that? I've been writing resumes on the side with um, someone that's local to me. And that's the confidence thing is big. It is big. And some of these people that come in, you know, they're very experienced, but you know, they had a review or something, someone said something or looked at them the wrong way. You know, you're never quite sure. And, you know, they just tanked and I've experienced it totally. Absolutely. Uh, And so I feel it and I have empathy, you know, (laughs) of course. Um, But yeah, helping people through that confidence bit. Is there are there many touch points with you and your job seekers? Um, you have the master classes. Are they 
is there interaction or are you projecting it or broadcasting it in like a green, how do you say it? Evergreen way? Great question. So we do the master classes a few times a year and those are live. So it's a series of five plus days where we are walking you through how to create your flexible career plan. This is one of the oh. things that you have coming up now, right? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Keep going and then tell us all the details. Yes, yes. So um, to, to answer your question, though, how we are helping and what their touch points look like is it is so incredibly important that the audience that is interacting with Prowess Project when it comes to the job seekers, trust us. If their one, if their number one issue or hurdle or roadblock is confidence, I want them to see that I'm a real person. I have been there too, and I have overcome it. And guess what? I'm going to help you do the exact same thing. And I care about you so much that I gave up a full-time job to solve this problem. So it's incredibly important to me that I am live during our master classes and I'm calling out people's names. I'm saying, hey, April, what did you, I know you did the quiz, what did you get? Hey, April, what do you think about this? And you put into chat, like I want it to be a two-way conversation because again, that is so important to create the trust. And I want that for you. I want your confidence up because I think that the workforce is broken right now when it comes to caregivers. And I do think that we can have it all. And I do think that you can have a flexible career. And I do think you can work from remote. And I'm on the path and creating the movement to make that happen. Point blank. <laughs> so you've had your own kiddo in this past yep. year. She's just still little. Is she is yes. she standing up yet? <laughs> She's starting to Not walk quite. around furniture She's yet? about to crawl. Um, this is the best where she, I can still place her down and she doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Yes, I know that that is is quickly that time is quickly fleeting. <laughs> As everyone will tell you, enjoy it while it lasts. Yes. Well, thank uh, you. So, what have been some of the hurdles that you have? I mean, I know that you were anticipating that this was going to happen, and you built you know this company for people like this going through work. Did you work the whole time, or did you take any time off at all? Good question. It was really important to me that I took a maternity leave because we are helping so many caregivers. And so it would be a little bit, um, I don't know, disingenuous of me if I didn't do the same. So and was it hard? Yeah. I'm a CEO of the company of a small business. It yeah. was incredibly hard. Did it take a lot of, um, self-awareness and regulation? Yeah. Did it also take a killer team to help with this? Yes, it absolutely did. So I worked a really hard in advance to plan out um, what we were going to kill, delegate, or, um, or slow down while I was out on leave. Yeah. What kind of things were you finding that it was easy to delegate versus not? Oh, that is a good question. The stuff that's hard to delegate are the relationships. So a big part of Prowess Project is the relationships that we have with employers, sure, but also partners. Like this is a massive problem 
to help working caregivers and I want them to have flexible lives. So we're working with so many different companies that are doing something slightly different, but are compatible or complementary, I should say. And so it's, it's creating and nurturing those relationships was really hard to delegate. And so we had to put a pause on a lot of that. So I want to keep talking a little bit about your own journey with working from home and what it looks like as you've had the kid all because about, I don't know, maybe a third of the people that I've interviewed don't have any children and their lifestyle is going to be different from those of us that have multiple kids, of course, or, you know, the people that have grown children who are out of the house or in a different space than those of us that have, you know, still have to wipe butts sometimes. So (laughs) I think I'm just finally out of that stage, but, um, so what are some things that you have learned in the last year that you didn't anticipate? I did not anticipate. I knew that I wouldn't be able to work the way I worked before I had a kid, the hours, the just grinding it out. I had no idea how much I would actually mourn that, if you will. Um, And how I've had to get creative on how I focus my time. I also underestimated how much I love this little girl. Like you don't know until you know. And how I want to be with her when she's sick. And I want to be with her when, um, uh, to play. And I just never thought it would be this strong. Right. Have you restructured your home office area or where you work or when you work? When I work, absolutely. Um, I've, uh, and I'm still working on this all, uh, all cards on the table, definitely still working on this, but shutting it off and being present because we live with these phones that ding every time anyone's trying to talk to you. And so really putting the phone in the other room while I'm with her, when, when I'm with my husband and having some quality time, and it takes a ton of discipline because as everyone in your audience can attest, you're not going somewhere else. This is your home. You're, you're just sitting in another room. It's so easy to work forever. It's so easy to hop on for another hour at the end of the night. It's so easy to wake up super early and get stuff done um, or get work stuff done. So anyway, it's, it's tough. Doable, I, but tough. Yeah. I ended up working almost opposite from my husband for many, many years. Most of my children's lives, actually, they would put me to bed first. Yeah. So how are you guys balancing this, the time, your schedules? Yes. So because I am designing this business, that's all flexibility first, my date is very flexible. And so I would say that I am the primary caregiver. My husband is fantastic and helps out so incredibly much. Um, and his job is much more traditional nine to five, nine to six it's work from home, but it has set hours where mine doesn't. 
So I'm able to run to the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. I'm able to be there if she needs to come home for an ear infection, which that has been a journey in itself, the Mm -hmm. series of ear inspections. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So anyway, that's how we, we manage it. And then it's together as a family at, at nighttime. So you do have her at daycare right now? Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. And so how are you handling the commute? You know, it's like all of a sudden you used to commute to work and now you worked from home and now you have to commute to like, how is that working out? It, it, so I actually love it because I don't have to be dressed. Do you know what I mean? Like I can just throw on pajamas and take her to daycare. Who cares? They're not going to a job. Right. If you're going to a job, you have to look semi-decent. You have to shower most likely, um, not wash my hair, but shower. Um, and, and so that has been kind of nice because I get some time of podcasting or listening to music or zoning out for a little bit. So those breaks have been nice. I, I find that about half of my people that I've interviewed struggle with getting distracted by things in the house struggle with, you know, wanting to clean the whole house and cook all the food, um, versus enjoying, you know, being able to clean the house and cook all the food to be healthier. Um, but the time management thing, how are you doing with this? So my issue is much more of turning work off than getting distracted in the house with Mm -hmm. it being messy. Mm -hmm. My, I will let it go. (laughs) Let the the mess continue, um, to get a couple more hours of work in. Mm-hmm. So I am having a hard time balancing it that way. Yep. I'm with you though. Cause my husband will come home from work and then he'll be like, oh my goodness, everything is still a mess. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey man, I had to work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and you know, I think the biggest thing there is just communication and also having some boundaries in the sense, and, and I'm getting better about this is if I'm working, it needs to be in my office because I don't want to take my computer throughout the entire house because then work never shuts down. So I've been trying to see if I can keep at that boundary. Mm -hmm. And I find that everyone has a little bit different take on that because some people need to have the change of position and the change of scenery to stay mentally, you know, alert or happy um, to work out in the garden or at the coffee shop just for like, how are you getting social interaction, Ashley? Oh, okay. So that is a very good point. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love, 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 love coffee shop working. I try every Friday morning to do a lot of my deep work at a coffee shop. See, that's so the opposite get... of how I would say it. Like I can do everything oh. except for my deep work in the coffee nope. shop. I need the people around me. I need the buzz. I need the energy. I need the, the you know, the, I don't know, vibe of the coffee shop so that I can get in the groove. So you like the noise? Cause for me, yes. like even this morning, my kids were getting ready for school and I put on, there's like a white noise machine generator oh, yeah. thing on the internet. <laughs> I don't know what it's yeah. called that I'll put in my ears just to tune out all of that sound. So I can still focus. I do get that. Um, I, or I do completely understand that it's, I think it's different if it's your kids yelling or wanting to ask you a question or something that you know that you could help with because then you recognize it versus how I'm in a coffee shop, there's some music and just like a low rumbling. It's kind of like that white noise. Yeah. The rumble is fine. It's the conversations that 
I have oh, to you be get careful. distracted. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I no, mean, no. if I, I have white noise, I can tune it out as long as I can turn that into the rumble. Right, 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 right. Totally get it. So you have a routine. You go to a coffee shop on Fridays. Do you have any other yeah. routines that like flow throughout your week? Good question. So living in Austin, Texas, it is very, very, very hot most of the time. So in the cooler months, I do like lunch walks with my dog. Hmm. So that really helps um, just get outside and enjoying that. He's a bulldog, so mm-hmm. we can't go on long walks during the heat. Um, but that has been really helpful. Other routines. I'm, I, I'm not the type to get up and get dressed every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, more of a hack for the ladies and gentlemen out there. I have a couple of accessories that I just keep on my desk that if I feel like I need to be a little bit more zhuzhed up, I add like, <laughs> like a scarf or earrings or, you know, a hat or lipstick. You know, ex- exactly. <laughs> lipstick. So I look a little bit more presentable, um, quote unquote. So that would be a hack, not really a, uh, routine, but a hack. And what would, um, I like this one. What would your perfect day look like? Like keeping in mind, you're a parent and you're a wife yep. and you're a homeowner. So what I'm, I'm, maybe I was assuming that, sorry. Um, what would a day look like that you would feel good about at the end? Like you felt like you got things accomplished, but balanced. Oh, I love this. So I was actually thinking about this this morning. Some of my favorite parts of the day is the morning right when Lottie wakes up and we bring her in bed with us. Um, and we're just hanging out, just the family, just giggling, just being there together. Now that right there is why I'm such a huge advocate for remote work, because otherwise that would have been my commute. I would not get that time. I would not get that 15 minutes. I would not get that 30 minutes just to be able to chill and hang and be goofy. Um, So it would start that way. I'd get her up and we'd, um, we do get dressed and all of that. I'd take her to daycare and then I would go straight to a coffee shop. I would get a cafe au lait with almond milk and do a lot of my deep work as long as possible, typically till lunch, come home, um, make something and then either meet people out for the rest of the day for meetings or jump on meetings, then wrap that up, pick her up from daycare and, you know, dinner, chores, the whole shebang. How often do you have um, master classes and, you know, like face-to-face meetings you have to attend? So our master classes are every six weeks to eight weeks. Typically our next one is September 26th. And it's all about um, turning your passions into profits, which is really that whole idea of figuring out your zone of genius and how do you make money doing that? And lots of it by um, of, lots of it. So that's every six to eight weeks. As far as meetings, I have quite a bit because of being the role of the CEO. A lot of people want my feedback. And so I probably, and that's just internal. Then there's external meetings too. So probably at least five, six a day. 
I'm checking my calendar because I'm like, you know, which days of the week am I available? So there is a recording of these if you can't make it. Live. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And the content um, builds on each other and we do a lot of interaction throughout. So um, I highly recommend y'all coming live. If you can't, no worries. I get it. It's live. Um, How long but are they? You can watch the re- recording. So they are about an hour. They kick off at noon central. Okay. So that's morning for me. I'm in Arizona, but that's like Pacific time right now. Right. Okay. So I do have a question that I always ask at the end of every episode. Sorry. It's not very original, but just when someone is thinking about working from home for the first time, so someone that has a gap or is a career pivot or something like that. And they're like, gosh, I just wish I could work from home, which we've heard a lot lately in the last couple of years. Sure. What advice do you give them? Just do it. Just seek out, just take the next first step and just do it. But one thing that I have noticed is there are a lot of um, conflicting advice. So follow one person where you like their style and really zero in on their recommendations. Because otherwise you can get into information overload and then that can feel paralyzing. And so I highly recommend if you are the type of person who likes to do a little research before, find the person whose style it is that you really like. Um, but the remote world is incredible. There are ways to find that social interaction if you do need it. There's tons of um, there, there's tons of places you could go work. There's tons of even I'm finding communities who meet up just to get to know each other and work side by side. So. I think it's all of what you want to make of it. Have you ever done any of the work communities like the WeWork or anything like that? Yes, I have. Um, and I've, I've really liked it because, like I said, I like that buzz in the background. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it always. So I, I like having the option of going there, but I wouldn't want to go there every day. Any books or services or digital products that you can't live without right now? Big, big fan of Slack right now. That's not going to be surprising for anyone. Um, also, I've been doing a lot of Voxer. Are you familiar with Voxer? I've heard of it. Is it the phone where you like leave a message and then yes. it's kind of like voicemail? Yes. But Yes, yes. Um, that has been extremely helpful for, oh, oh gosh, I can't believe I, this one almost crossed my mind. Loom. Oh yeah. You heard of Loom? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love it. Absolutely love Loom. That's the biggest one by far. Ashley, do you ever hire people into your own team? I know you've mentioned your team. So now you're hiring, you're training people, you're partnering people, and you also have a team. Yes. How big is your team right now? Our team right now is five with a couple of contractors. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, lean, lean, mean, um, and we're hoping to grow what we're looking for right now is help with social media, help with, um, marketing, help with any, um, on the sales and recruiting side, potentially, and really those would be the the main ones I'd say. All right. So how can people find you? 
Yes. So we are at Prowess Project on all socials. Um, you can go to prowessproject.com and that is our website. Our masterclass, which I highly recommend you all attending is, uh, it's a bit of a long URL. So I, I'll send it to you. So you'll have it, I'm assuming in show notes, show notes but you bet. Yeah, perfect. Um, prowesstalent.io going from home to hired. That is the, that is the URL, but you can find it on our website and all of our socials too. How did you come up with prowess? Great question. So first um, definition of prowess is, is your skill or your talent. And so obviously that made a ton of sense for a talent marketplace or um, really zeroing in on all the different talents that caregivers have. And the second definition of prowess is bravery in battle. And I loved that because like I said before, we are creating this movement where women, men, caregivers, whomever can have flexibility in their lives, where they don't have to be butts and seats, where they don't have to have career or family. And that is so incredibly important. And so that's where prowess came from. Are you female only? No. So this talent acquisition, marketing, everything can apply to all genders. Oh, absolutely. More the merrier. Um, we, the majority are women, but mm-hmm. no more the merrier. Okay. Excellent. Good to know. All right. Yes. Well, this has been Ashley Connell with April Malone and yes, I work from home and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, Ashley. Oh, uh, this is so fun. Thank you. <laughs>